1: To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone
2: tap iPhone. We love patrons that stick with us. That's why we're happy to offer Patreon loyalty rewards. Hats, stickers, mugs, all with Len Peralta anniversary designs on them. Get them at patreon.com DTNS. Coming up on DTNS, why doesn't Wordle's creator want to make money off of it? The FTC gets the go-ahead to sue Meta. And why, oh why, did Samsung just not even show up for its own announcement? This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, January 12,
0: 2022 in Los Angeles.
2: I'm Tom Merritt.
3: And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane.
0: In Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang.
2: There is a longer version of this show called Good Day Internet, where we unlock the secrets of mail today. That's available at patreon.com slash DTNS.
3: Big thanks to our top patrons today. They include DeGracia A. E. Daniels, Erwin Sturr, and Ken Hayes.
2: Let's start with a few tech things you should know.
3: Bloomberg reports that Magic Leap will release the Magic Leap 2 AR headset by mid-year, aiming the device at healthcare, defense, and manufacturing markets. CEO Peggy Johnson says that the new headset will be slightly pricier than the current version. The current version starts at $2,299. The new headset will be lighter and smaller supposedly, offer a larger vertical field of view, a dimming feature to help fade bright backgrounds, and a zoomed view.
2: GM plans to launch a new site called Car Bravo, C-A-R-B-R-A-V-O, designed to let U.S.-based Chevy, Buick, and GMC dealers sell their used cars online, both GM and non-GM vehicles. GM began signing up dealers for Car Bravo this week, plans to launch in the summer. GM's Cadillac brand, however, is going to develop its own used vehicle sales tool.
3: In other auto news, Neuro, one of the only companies to actually operate fully driverless vehicles on public roads at this time, announced its third-gen autonomous delivery vehicle simply called Neuro. It offers twice the cargo volume of its previous vehicles and temperature controls for keeping things hot or cold. Good for food. The new Neuro adds an external airbag to protect pedestrians as well. BYD North America will assemble Neuro's powertrain and finished vehicles will be made at the Neuro facility in Nevada, which the company claims will be able to produce tens of thousands of delivery vehicles annually.
2: Man, It just frustrates me every time I see a story of like virtually no one knows about Neuro. It's like they are the first to do so many things i just don't understand why they don't get more attention anyway uh bloomberg sources say sony told assembly partners last year it would continue producing the ps4 throughout 2022 adding roughly a million units to help combat the still scarce ps5 supplies sony reportedly plans to end production of the ps4 i guess at the end of this year because they had planned to end it last year so who knows yeah
3: it had planned yeah
2: it had planned to do it but now, yeah. now we don't know.
3: I just, you know, if you want a PS5 and you still can't get one to get a PS4 instead, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But hey, um, at least your plan. Roku added a live TV zone section that pulls in live TV programming from its channel guide and third-party platforms, including YouTube TV, Hulu Plus Live TV, Fubo TV, Philo, and Sling. The TV live zone is available in the main navigation menu and will also appear in search.
2: All right, let us talk about... Playtime. Not happening at all, apparently. On December 30th, Samsung announced on Twitter Playtime is over. The gaming marketplace is about to get serious. Stay tuned for the next Exynos with the new GPU born from RDNA2, January 11th, 2022. As we are recording this episode, it's January 12th. Nothing happened. Samsung made a promo video ending with that January 11th date, so this wasn't just some rogue tweet. Uh, if you're like, wait a minute, hold on. What were they going to announce? Exynos is Samsung's mobile chip. Uh, it usually uses it in a few markets, mostly in Asia, uh, for its phones. And then it uses Qualcomm Snapdragon everywhere else. And RDNA 2, if you didn't catch that, is AMD's GPU technology. AMD and Samsung had announced a partnership to bring an AMD GPU to Exynos system on a chip last year, January 2021. They announced that. So we knew that was coming. This was going to be the big announcement. No more ARM MOLI chip an amd gpu rdna2 paired with samsung powerful chip you may notice that this show is happening as i mentioned on january 12th and we haven't yet stated samsung announced the (laughs) exodus 2200 chipset because they did not so you're like tom why you make a big deal they canceled the announcement no they didn't they just didn't have an announcement and for most of the 11th they didn't even comment on it finally late in the day On January 12th, Korea time, Business Korea published a statement from Samsung, which said they planned to unveil the new application processor with the launch of a new Samsung smartphone. Now, Samsung is expected to announce the Samsung Galaxy S22 on February 8th, though that hasn't officially been announced as a date. So who knows? End of January, its own announcement. Ah. A fairly reputable Samsung follower named Ice Universe has reported that there have been internal struggles over the Exynos. An Exynos 1200 was supposed to be announced in November, apparently, and then pulled. Ice Universe said on Weibo that there are heat problems with the GPU. So maybe that's it. The target frequency is supposedly 1.9 gigahertz, and they can only get reasonable thermals up to 1.29. And apparently, according to Ice Universe, there's a lot of infighting about that. But Samsung denies any issues with the Exynos Application Processor, or AP. It told Business Korea, there are no problems with the AP's production and performance. Okay, so why'd you ghost the internet, Samsung?
3: I mean, this is one of the weirdest things. There are delays that happen all the time. Uh, I, am, I would not claim to be any sort of PR expert about the inner workings of Samsung, but you figure, you know, they make announcements based on when they're ready to talk about certain things, even if something's not ready for market, there are specs that get people excited, etc. So for an announcement to be plugged more than once, pr- pretty pretty obviously, and a bunch of uh, you know, publications who cover this sort of thing to say yesterday, where's the announcement? We're all here. Where are you, Samsung? Samsung is too big of a company to just be like, oh, whoops. Oh, somebody <laughs> was sick, didn't yeah. come to work today, and well, forgot to, we forgot to, to update adult? you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, they're massive, too. Tom, Tom and I had a conversation on TMS about how – those guys are a huge international conglomerate, but they're also the, face, the front face of the, the best-selling Android devices there are. They're, they're the premium brand on that side of phones. And to make that promise and then just not say anything is weird. And I think in, the, in pandemic times especially, we're okay if a company says we're going to have to push the date. Yeah. When normally we, we like to lock these in when we're 100% sure but you know what we're going to have to for this these reasons or even don't tell us a reason but just say yeah it's going to go a little later into the year or whatever to just let it ghost and not tell anybody
3: turns into like stand people up. Yeah. It it's turns really into weird. a big news story. I mean <laughs> even Samsung saying even if Samsung is not stretching the truth by saying there aren't any issues we're we're good you know we're fine that almost you can, makes you it can worse still de- yeah it's, it's like right well what what were you doing yesterday
2: it's one thing if they're they're like oh we're still working out some final details and then you can speculate well exynos has always been a little worse than qualcomm and they're having hard problems maybe they can't you know the, you could do that but for them to be like no there's nothing wrong with the chip we're just disorganized <laughs> like it's kind of what it leaves it at right
0: yeah, that's the surprising thing about it is is just simply that someone this big and someone this typically reliable. Like, I, you'd hear no end of this if anyone else in that category did this, if Apple canceled an event. Can you imagine Google. if Apple yeah. just...
3: You know, there's just the announcement. Just everyone was like, our live streams are open and Apple's not here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How (laughs) weird would that be?
3: Very weird. To me, it'd be like Google
0: saying, we're looking forward to I.O. Everybody can't wait for this year's Uh, I.O., but guess what? We forgot we didn't do I.O. It just really makes no sense. Really weird. Uh.
3: Well, on Tuesday, we mentioned that T-Mobile customers were saying, some of them anyway, that they were unable to make Apple's private relay work on their T-Mobile connections. Private Relay hides your browsing in Safari, and T-Mobile said at first it might be due to content filtering like maybe your parental controls are on. Further statement from T-Mobile says, in cases where content filtering is not on, it is a bug. T-Mobile's statement reads, overnight, our team identified that in the 5.2 iOS release, some device settings default to the feature being toggled off. We have shared this with Apple. This is not specific to T-Mobile. Again, though, we've not broadly blocked iCloud phone relay. You can change that in settings under cellular if you're using iOS while connected to T-Mobile, not Wi-Fi. Have to be connected to uh, the cell service in order to fix this issue.
2: All right. So T-Mobile originally said... It's just parental controls. And people are like, I don't have parental controls on. And we speculated like, well, maybe they don't know. Maybe there's something else going on. Uh, and now t Mobile's like, OK, for those who don't have parental controls on, there's a bug. There's a bug in iOS. Here's how to fix it. At least there's a workaround. Yeah. Uh, Apple, I have not seen comment on it yet, uh, but uh, it's a good clarification.
3: Speaking of on the subject, Federico emailed us wondering if private relay could break DNS steering use cases like multi-CDN steering, which is a technique used to connect users to certain IPs, depending on where in the world they're coming from. Federico says, say you're in LA, for example, and you go to blah, 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 site.com. You might get an IP address of a server that is known as a point of presence or pop for that site in the West Coast. Then your friend in New York across the country, goes to the same site, the DNS server knows that the request is coming from the East Coast because of the IP, sends your friend to a different IP in a different POP for the same site. If all resolution requests seem to come from the same IP, the system would break. Mind that the above is op- oversimplified and the technique is really more sophisticated than that, but it's a good question from Federico.
2: Yeah, that's a fair concern. Uh, we, do, we don't think it will be a problem uh, since Apple says that it, quote, Assigns the user an anonymous IP address that maps to their region but not their actual location. Uh, So first of all, they're not not giving everybody the same IP address, uh, but they're even going so far as to say, "Hey, if you're Los Angeles, we we're not obviously going to give you an IP address that goes with your neighborhood. We're trying to make you anonymous, but we'll give you one that appears to come from the Los Angeles area. If you're in New York, same thing. Won't be your neighborhood, but it'll be one that appears to come New York." and And essentially, that ought to be enough to avoid the problems with web steering. Because servers are not usually hyper-local to neighborhoods. They're usually regional. And I think that's why Apple says they're assigning Mm -hmm. it based on your region so that it shouldn't cause problems in in those cases.
0: As far as we know, no other carriers are having this problem when people try to use the private relay thing. No, but
2: other carriers have objected to the private relay function Mm. because they say it will stop their ability to manage the network. So uh-huh. what they mean is it will stop their ability to monetize the data. <laughs> Your data, which yes. I mean, I mean we don't like that they do that, but that is a big revenue source for them. So I, I get why they're complaining.
0: Yeah, this feels like another one of those things where uh, Apple's got some some decent privacy ideas, or at least it seems to yeah. on the surface, and then. It's not jiving with the way people like to do business. Well, that's
2: because there was a business model created when it didn't exist. Yeah.
0: Yep. Causes friction.
2: Give me,
3: at least they're not Samsung who didn't show up to their own event.
2: T-Mobile <laughs> showed up twice. Two different statements. Right. <laughs> uh, folks, if you have a thought about something on the show and you're like, how do I get in touch with them? Email feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com.
0: All right, you guys know those weird little graphics you're getting on Twitter all the time and other social networks, and you're like, what the heck is this? And some people say, ah, three out of five, and you're still not sure what they mean, and then some people actually type the word Wordle, and then you're like, oh, must be a game. Well, uh, you may or may not know that Wordle is a web app where you try to guess a five-letter word in six or, few, or fewer guesses, that is. If you play Wordle, then you know what this is all about, and you can find it over at powerlanguage.co.uk slash Wordle. Uh, this is not an app store thing, although it's easy to get confused and look for it. Uh, a lot of folks didn't know that, though, and a lot of developers tried to take advantage of that by putting in the Wordle app in app stores very quickly in some cases. Uh, There's one guy on Twitter who was bragging pretty loudly about how many downloads he was getting and therefore how much possible revenue it might turn into. Uh, this did not go down well as the actual Wordle creator, his name is Josh Wardle with an A, told the New York Times that he made the game as a gift for his wife who loves Word games. All right, so that's very sweet beginnings. Uh, That seems to be a big part of Wordle's appeal. It has no ads, requires no login, and far from trying to addict you, it only lets you play once a day. So It does its job very nicely. And I would also add that it's just a very elegant sort of HTML5 implementation of a Word game. It's it's very nice and plays great on all browsers. Anyway, Wordle told TechCrunch... Quote, I kind of deliberately did what you're not meant to do if growth is your goal. And bizarrely, I think those things have led to growth. I think people have an appetite for things that transparently don't want anything from you, unquote. Um, And the thing doesn't even force a link into your socials when you go post it. You don't even know why they're there unless you know what Wordle is. Apple has started to remove any app using the Wordle name without authorization, which is presumably all of them. Uh, you can still find a couple of older apps called Wordle that aren't the same game and predate Josh Wardle's Wordle. In fact, one of the developers of that older, world, uh, older Wordle app uh, contacted Wardle after the app got rediscovered and offered to donate some of the recent proceeds and asked Wardle if he had a, uh, you know idea of where to donate it. That is a very cool thing to hear about. But why? Why is Wardle scrambling to take advantage or isn't he taking advantage of the two million-plus players of his surprise gift to his wife? Well, even if it started as a personal project, wouldn't it be fair to do something that uh, helps monetize the thing? Even if it was just a PayPal donation link or something like that? Seems reasonable. Wardle used to work for Reddit, where he's behind the button, if you remember that. Uh, and now works for uh, from an art collective called Mischief, which is probably best known for making Lil Nas X's blood shoes. Uh, if you're familiar with that, some of didn't you didn't get be.
3: any, but yes, familiar. Yeah, I, know,
0: I know what they are. I know that for sure. <laughs> anyway, told TechCrunch, "quote I don't want Wordle to become my full-time job, but I don't want it to. Or, I, sorry, but but I don't want to invest in it or do any of that stuff. I'm very happy with where it's at. I think that if venture funding were to happen, it would be more in the context of being an artist with a patron or something like that. Uh, but don't get him wrong; not uh, he's not uh, dogmatic about free." Uh, says, quote, it's not like I think that everyone needs to give these things uh, they create online for free. I just, uh, sorry, it was just that because that's how I started this. It made it easier for me to continue in this way. I made something that I felt really was authentic to me. Uh, That was this quote, not even to pay for bandwidth costs. That seems crazy, but traffic is manageable even with the intense popularity because it's small. It plays online or offline rather. It's a small website with JavaScript that downloads to your browser and then makes no calls or no additional calls to the internet, that is. So it's not hardly using any bandwidth. You're not really using your resources. He did have to put uh, Cloudflare uh, on it to to, uh, uh, migrate it to Amazon S3. Uh, But he says, I'm happy to pay for it. And folks are certainly happy to play it.
3: I, so, okay. <laughs> I'm new to Wordle. I'm two days in, everybody, so I'm late to the game. Um, I won my game yesterday by a, a thin margin. I did not win today. Uh, it is addictive. And it's one of those things that if you like word things, this is not a game that's going to appeal to everybody, but it appeals to a certain kind of person. And all it takes is a few people to say, oh, have you played this? Oh, you really like it, Sarah. You know, it only takes a few minutes of your day kind of thing. And if you win, it's, uh, you know, the rules are easy and and you feel good about yourself. It's so simple. It's so simple. And yet... I originally looked on the App Store and was like, I don't don't know which one this is, you know, and kind of looked at it online like, okay, let me find the album art so I can make sure that I'm downloading the right app. And I was like, oh, it's not an app at all. I looked today and sure enough, there are quite a few apps that were in the App Store, iOS App Store anyway, yesterday, that seemed Wordle related, or at least confused me, uh, that don't exist anymore. Some of them do, uh, but they have different names and that sort of thing. But I I just I love the idea of this person saying, I made this thing. It was for my wife, but I figured, meh, why not let other people enjoy it if they want to? And so many people do. And it wasn't about monetization. It could be still in the future. That's something that could happen, but it's uh it's sort of refreshing to have something like this. You don't see much of this anymore.
0: No, I like it. Also, the the web's uh, ability to interoperate between apps like Twitter and something you're doing on a separate website and everybody getting involved in this kind of viral, natural, organic way is something to be celebrated and feels like old Internet to me. It feels like early, you know, people want to give these numbers like 2.0, but it gives it gives the feeling of like, look, we're all making cool projects. They can all kind of talk to each other. Uh, it's, uh, the the web is more about bringing us together than separating us. Mm-hmm. This feels like that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it continuing and staying and do it
3: as long as he wants. There's also a little bit of like, uh, you know, like no one cares about your farm bill score on Facebook thing going on here, <laughs> you know, where it's like, come on, just play the game. <laughs> like, well, and th- let's not clutter Twitter up with all these scores.
2: But, but they would be more annoying if it was scores instead of just the emoji, And if it was links trying to push everybody, there's no link unless you add one. There's no score. It's just the emoji. Uh, And honestly, he didn't even have that in the original version. He noticed somebody in New Zealand using emojis to display their score. It was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'll just add that. So it's not even like he doesn't want to develop the product. He's just not interested in monetizing it. And Stoic Squirrel's like, must be rich. He's not rich. He's not poor either, right? He's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. comfortable enough. I, I I don't think we we give yeah, people credit smart, enough for like, hey, you don't have to be rich to to not be desperate, right? And and he's he's like, what's important to him? The reason he's working at Mischief, an art collective, is because he's more interested in creating things, and he makes enough money that he can get by, and yet he's not doesn't seem to be somebody who's like ah can't pass up this opportunity must get super rich so i i don't know i mean i don't know maybe he's independently wealthy and we don't realize it i haven't dug that much into it but it doesn't seem like that it seems like there were plenty of this kind of personality on the internet in the early days in concentration and there's just as many now but they're diluted by the broader populace that's part of it
0: yeah yeah and this idea of sarah jumping right to the app store is a is a instinct we all have now right yeah. like it's just the thing we do yeah but-
3: it right, like maybe kit. it's on the web, but let's just get the app. That's yeah. probably the best place to start. Yep. Not, not always the case. I think
2: yep. sometimes you do need people like Wardle who just make stuff, and it turns yep. out, hey, wait a minute, when you just make the thing, it's better than if you try to make it to do another thing like make money.
3: Uh, and if your, your name to be is fair Wardle, about this,
0: yeah. yeah. If your name's is Wardle, make sure you call it Wordle, because that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yes, I know. And, and, uh, and just because so I know good. somebody's going to mention it, these the, the the Wordle idea isn't even new. There there was Jotto back in the 50s. There was, uh, what's that British game show?
0: Low, Low, Low Oh, uh, lo, uh, I know the one you mean. No, yeah, it's but, a yeah. few other formats
3: There's and stuff. Been so sure. of,
2: this is new. This is not a new game. It's just, he just made a really good implementation of it.
3: It's just mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. Fun. Play with me.
2: Ah, Speaking of fun, in June of last year, U.S. District Judge James E. Bosberg dismissed two antitrust lawsuits filed against Facebook, which they found pretty fun. Uh, He said that the U.S. FTC had failed to offer enough facts to support their claim. However, the judge noted that the FTC could prevail if they refiled the case with better supporting facts, or as it turns out, any supporting facts. In the refiling, the FTC kept the same argument. Meta, as it is now known, used a buy and bury strategy to suppress competition in social networking by purchasing Instagram and WhatsApp. Uh, Those are examples of the strategy. The judge noted the FTC's allegations that Facebook scaled down and eventually shuttered its own mobile sharing app after acquiring Instagram. That's consistent with the assertion that consumers would have a better and broader market of services to choose from had the acquisition never occurred. Judge Bosberg also noted an email in which Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg wrote that he was the most worried about messaging. WhatsApp is already ahead of us in messaging in the same way that Instagram was ahead of us in photos. I'd pay a billion dollars for them if we could get them. Two years later, Facebook bought WhatsApp for $19 billion. But none of that was new. <laughs> that was in the original filing. The new thing is that the FTC added data from Comscore showing Facebook's share of daily active users of apps providing personal social network in the, in the U.S. exceeded 70% since 2016. Bosberg wrote, in short, the FTC has done its homework this time around. They just included some Comscore numbers. The FTC also tried to proceed on a claim that Facebook stifled competition by restricting access to its APIs. That didn't wash, though. The problem there is Facebook dropped those policies in 2018, and they hadn't even been enforcing them since 2013. So the judge ruled the FTC doesn't have the authority to sue over past conduct. If they're not doing it anymore, pfft forget it. And Meta had sought to get FTC chair Lena Kahn to recuse herself from the case based on prejudicial comments about Facebook she'd made in the past. Judge Bosberg denied that request, noting that Lena Kahn isn't the judge. She doesn't have to be biased. She's the prosecutor. So such contention misses the target. It's also worth reminding us all that this is just to determine if the facts, if true, make plausible allegations of wrongdoing. In other words, is there a case the trial itself will decide whether the allegations are true or not they might not be and Bosberg wrote the agency may well face a tall task down the road improving its allegations so in the end the ftc might still lose this case it's also about really old stuff and what it will win is possibly a chilling effect on meta and the momentum to pursue more recent acquisitions around VR and AR. In fact, the information notes that around Thanksgiving, the USFTC opened an in-depth probe of Meta's acquisition of Within, the maker of the VR app Supernatural, meaning Meta may not be able to close that deal for another year and could find itself in court over it as well.
3: You know, I uh, even though I think that the Within acquisition, the makers of Supernatural, which I like very much— um, even though that is a slam dunk, it makes perfect sense. It's one of the most popular Oculus uh, apps, well, Meta apps at this point. But uh, but yeah this this could this could slow a lot of things down for for Meta going forward just because of this lingering lawsuit stuff that's been going on for a long time. And some of the information, when you look at it, at least on paper, you go, yeah, okay, Facebook.
2: There's a big change in the theory of antitrust under Lena Kahn. Uh, she is what is known as hipster antitrust. That's something <laughs> Lena Khan has said herself, which means instead of focusing on consumer harm, meaning does it make things more costly, they focus on consumer harm by saying, does this entity now abuse its dominance of the marketplace? Does it dominate the marketplace in a way it couldn't? And that's where Meta's going to have a hard time being able to say like, yeah, if we buy up all the VR and AR stuff, it doesn't mean we overly dominate the marketplace. The FTC might win some cases on that.
3: Well, five years ago, a lot of us wouldn't have even have heard of a ring light. say a ring light with a webcam? What are you talking about? Many of us now have them in our various makeshift home offices. So all the video calls we do, maybe for work, maybe for things like this, we want to look presentable. They help a lot. But ring lights can be bulky, they're often very expensive, and most of the time they require tripods and take up space in general, and you just might not have that. So if you're looking for that ring light experience, CNET reviewed Logitech's LitraGlow, 60 bucks for less than a 4-square-inch compact light with a mount... Designed to hook to the top of your monitor and wouldn't need, you know, any sort of tripod or or anything else, you know, behind your rig. Also has a USB to USB-A cable used to power the glow with five levels of brightness and five color temperatures. So... If you were moving around a lot and you want to take your light with you, color temperature actually comes in handy because you never know what the room temperature is going to be in that you're setting stuff up in later. If you plug it directly into your computer, you get a few more goodies uh, in Logitech's G-Hub app as well.
2: Also, I like that it's just a big square. I mean, it's it's still bright, but that ring light with its ring of LEDs, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it it bedazzles my eyes sometimes.
0: Sometimes they're so close to people's faces too, you get like this uh, little halo right in their eye and... It's distracting. Yeah. Like it's distracting me from the fact that you have pretty good uh, overall light usage, and it's supposed to look better for your, you know, for your TikTok videos or whatever. But then I'm like, you got alien eyes now. What are you doing in there? <laughs>
3: right. I'm used to the ring light eye thing, uh, just because I'm like, I know what you got. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it thank goes. you for your thank you for your service. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is. I mean, it's a tiny little thing, and sixty dollars you can get you can get yeah. even ring lights for less than that, but it's uh, it's pretty affordable and it does look compact and does seem to at least, you know, in CNET's review, pack a punch. And I mean, I would never like I'm not getting on a plane with my ring light, but this I could.
2: Yeah. Big yeah. buttons on the back. Don't, that, I, that should not be lost on people. Easy to just reach around and turn things on, to, uh, you adjust brightness if you're not using the app to do it. So that, that that's that's handy. Also, well, it's, it's
0: taken a little longer than I thought it would, but I really did feel like this couple of years of Zoom meetings and alternate ways of communicating when needed, and you know, every time we have a spike, everybody's got to hunker down and do whatever. I just thought we'd see more. Vanity, not vanity products—not the right word—but vanity lighting or things to improve the overall experience. <laughs> uh, webcams are affordable. To make them,
2: yeah, you probably they're, would.
0: That too. Yeah, and webcams went—you know—kind of hard to get for a long time, yeah. so innovation slowed there. Um, but this is a step in that direction. We should all it's look a, whole, a little better.
3: Also, and I, you know, I don't mean to be like, well, you know, nobody knows what the, they're doing, but lighting and audio are two of the things that people think are a lot easier than they end up being. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, uh, folks, uh, for that person out there going, what was the name of it again? Just tell me Lytra glow. Let's take a look at the mailbag.
3: Let's do it. So Sam in New Jersey wrote in, and this is in reference to our conversation about the green bubble versus the blue bubble. If you're using iMessage or you are on an Android phone and how much does it really matter? Sam says, my daughter was socially excluded due to being a green bubble. I'm not exaggerating. It wasn't overt. It wasn't malicious. But it was a real effect of Apple holding other people hostage. I'm in the Google ecosystem, so I've gotten Android phones for my family. But most of my daughter's friends were using iPods before they got phones, so they had started off on an unofficial grade chat in iMessage. Once that started as an iMessage chat, it was apparently impossible to add SMS users, I- i.e. the green dots, to the chat. As a result, my daughter was excluded from much of the socialization of her friends. Our only real choice is to get her an Apple device simply because there's no way to get a large group of people to switch to a second chat or different platform just for her. Sam says, it's true that Google hasn't done its users any favors with its messaging app of the month fads for the last number of years. RCS is definitely not a panacea, but at the same time, Apple's choices have had real-world negative effects on people. I don't care how many people think that Apple is right or who treat this as a schoolyard squabble. To me, Google is right. Apple is absolutely supporting their iMessage lock-in via bullying. And... Uh, To that point, uh, Charlie Dude, that Charlie Dude, wrote in with a sort of similar email uh, with a similar issue, citing his in-laws, who have a lot of problems texting Android users because they have iPhones. He says, my wife, my daughter, and I spent Christmas break trying to debug their iPhones to figure out why they couldn't send text messages to Android phones. Long story short, Apple says, it's their carrier, and their carrier says, it's Apple. Yeah, it's
2: just the 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 SMS versus iMessage breakdown. They're probably able to send them. It's just causes problems that that make it feel bad. Or maybe they 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 are in iMessage without a phone number. People can have an iPhone and be an iMessage without their phone number attached, just their email address. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's what was going on with Sam's daughter. It wasn't that anyone was excluding her. It was that they were using iMessage on iPods, so they weren't associated with phone numbers. So unless she had iMessage, she couldn't be part of the chat. Uh, it, it wasn't an Android thing. It was, she didn't have the, the device. And if Apple made iMessage available on Android, then she could have, she could have added iMessage that way. So, yeah. Well, yeah.
3: and I don't know I how it. big the group, the, the group of kids is, but yes. Can you imagine being like, Hey, 60 of you, I feel excluded. Yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. I, I, I and, and
2: that is the other side of this is like, granted, it's hard to get the kids to do that, but there are alternatives. You can use signal or WhatsApp or telegram or, you know, all kinds of other stuff.
3: Well, good news today. We have a brand new boss, and that brand new boss is Sebastian Rojas, who just started backing us on Patreon. Thank you, Sebastian.
2: Well done, Sebastian. Getting all the flowers for yourself today. Thank you, boss. It's
3: it's Sebastian Day, everybody. Happy Sebastian Day, although it also is Scott Johnson Day. Uh, Scott Johnson, besides the fact that you sent me that wordle, uh, um, cartoon earlier today, and I have to stop talking about it on Twitter. Um, I appreciate your work. Um, what else is going on in your world?
0: Oh, man, so many people took that comic uh, personally, but uh, really it's just a fun comic, everybody. Um, Yeah, speaking of uh, cool stuff I'm working on, I'm really proud of this. We're two episodes into it already. Uh, I think I may have announced it here publicly on the show uh, first, but we, I started a new podcast called Play Retro, which is all about retro gaming. Everything from old arcade stuff, uh, ancient console ports, this sort of thing, and how to play them in a modern way, even in VR. There's all sorts of aspects of the show, but we mainly focus on what came before and what did it lead to. And people seem to really like it. So if that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to be a part of that, check it out. It's uh, Play Retro wherever you get your podcasts or uh, find all those links super easy over at frogpants.com slash playretro.
3: Sounds fun. Congrats on the new show. Thank I'm you. glad people are liking it. We're live on this show Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live, and we'd love to have you join us live if you are able to. We'll be back tomorrow doing it all again with Justin Robert Young and Len Peralta. Talk to you then.
0: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, NA, copyright 2024.
1: This message comes from BOF sponsor, eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it.